0: And a very good Friday morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Joe Beningo back with you again. The Yoda Payne Podcast. It is Friday. It is March twenty fourth. It is twenty twenty three. The Joe Beningo Yoda Pain Podcast brought to you by our good friends at the Hackensack Brewing Company, of course. Anita Discount Tire, of course. Draft Kings. You know, a lot to get to today. Obviously, the NCAA tournament. Uh, uh, you know, we're in full swing right now. The Sweet Sixteen. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, great game last night between Michigan State and Kansas State. great game between Gonzaga and Ucla we'll we'll get to to all that baseball of course uh, opening day coming up this Thursday. the uh, Mets uh, will be in Florida to play the Marlins. the Yankees at home to play the Giants, which is ridiculous that you know uh they're playing everybody's playing everybody this year in both leagues, which to me is absurd but nevertheless, opening day coming up. We'll get to more on the continuing saga of where's Aaron? Uh, we'll get to that as well, but I got I, I got to open up with the passing of one of the one of the guys, you know, one of the one of the guys, one of my guys, and that's the legendary, the captain, the captain. You know, there's been a lot of captains. You know, you can talk about Thurman Munson or Derek Jeter or even Mark Messier. The original captain was Willis Reed, number nineteen who really changed it all at Madison Square Garden with the Knicks when he was drafted in the uh, uh, first round. I guess it was early second. I don't even know how to draft work back then. But he was the first pick for the Knicks that year in 1964. And really right away, I mean, he was the rookie of the year, uh, you know, really changed everything. Started to really put the Knicks on the map. They were a terrible franchise for a long time. Willis changed everything. But, of course, every time that we think about him, and like I said, this is one of the guys growing up. You know, I had my guy, obviously, Joe Willie named it, Tom Seaver, you know, Muhammad Ali, Clyde Frazier. And and if Clyde Frazier is 1A as my all-time number one Nick, well, then Willis would have to be 1AA. I mean, that's how close it is. The, the, The split between those two guys, in my mind, in all due respect to Patrick Ewing, the split between those two guys as the greatest Nick of all time is very, very, very close. But you know what? Clyde doesn't have that magical 36.19 assist game in Game 7 of the 1970 Finals without the contributions of the captain, who, of course, we all know the story. Game 5, you know, maybe, you know, probably the most memorable night that I can remember in the history of the Knicks. Game 5, the 70 Finals against the Lakers, the series is tied 2-2. Willis has had a monster series so far. And then midway through the first quarter, Willis goes down in a, in a, in a, in a, in a just a huff on the floor. The garden gets silent. Willis limps off. He tore in his calf muscle, whatever he had done there. And, of course, doesn't finish the game. Somehow, the Knicks come from like 18, 19 points back. Find a way to win this game. Great game by Bill Bradley, by the DeBusher in that game. Dave the Rave stalwart had a real big game. All those guys going up against Will Chamberlain that night. The Knicks, in some magical way, find a way to win that game five. And then, of course, they lose game six. Willis doesn't play game six in L.A. Uh, Nate Bowman's playing center against Wilt. Wilt goes crazy, scores like 45 points in that game. Really dominates. Series is tied at 3-3, back to game seven. And then, of course, the iconic moment, <clears throat> Willis coming out of the tunnel. They shoot him up with the cortisone, whatever they did. He comes out of the tunnel. The Lakers are stunned, you know, because they're in the warm-up lines, both teams at this point. Nobody, not even the Knicks knew. You know, you'll hear Clyde Frazier, you'll hear Bill Bradley say they didn't even know that Willis was even going to play. And all of a sudden, 15 minutes later, the roar of the crowd, the buzz that was, you know, at the garden. As here here comes the captain strolling out of the tunnel, and, you know, everybody, all the Lakers, Will West, Baylor, all those guys looking looking at, stunned that Willis is coming out. And we all know what happens. Willis starts the game, amazingly hits his first shot of the night, a jumper from the top of the key, boom. Next time the Knicks have the ball, they come down again, side jump by Willis, boom, it's good. Knicks jump up to a quick 4-0 lead. And that was it. Willis would not score another point in that game, but he didn't have to. Clyde took over, as I mentioned, 36 points, 19 assists, monster game. Dave DeBuscher had a big game that night. They all did. Bradley, Barnett, and they blew the Lakers out on their way to winning their first ever uh, NBA championship. Just uh, one of the, you know, as as iconic a night as there's ever been at Madison Square Garden. Maybe only the fight between Frazier and Ali on March 8th of 1971 would I put ahead of that night as far as the all-time nights at the Garden, but unbelievable and uh you know what can you say they're gonna win that championship and they won it again in 1973 remember Willis was Willis was the MVP in 1970 of the league the finals and the all-star game and then of course remember in 1973 even though he wasn't the same guy anymore uh still had a pretty solid year and won the MVP of the finals again as the Knicks knocked the Lakers out uh in five to win their second championship we're still waiting for the third was don't hold your breath for it but we're still waiting at least they're a uh you know competitive team again even though they lost a tough game again last night to miami they've lost three in a row now uh the knicks have but you can't say enough about willis really and i remember as a young kid i used to go to a lot of nick games my old buddy gary lindenbaum and i would go to a ton of nick games at the garden and Always after the game going, we knew where to go to where the players would come out to get autographs. And I wish I had them now. I I probably got three or four different autographs from Willis Reed over the years. He was always very nice guy, always very accessible to the fans coming up to him, young kids like us, you know, high schoolers coming up to him and all that. Just, I wish I had those autographs now. I don't know whatever happened to him, all those programs from the old days at the Garden. But, um, just tremendous, and, and probably the game that I was always remembered the most for Willis. You know, everybody thinks about Game Seven. You know, obviously what he did there, coming out of the tunnel and all that. But remember that year when they won the title in the first round of the playoffs. Back then, all you had to do was win three playoff rounds to win an NBA championship. It's not like it is today. First round, um, they played the Bullets, the then Baltimore Bullets. Wes Unseld, Jack Marin, Gus Johnson, Earl Monroe, of course, on that team. That whole group, which matched up so well against the Knicks, played them in the first round of the playoffs, and it was a classic seven-game series. The Knicks wound up winning it in seven. I was fortunate enough to have tickets to that entire series. And I'll never forget, game five, I think they won it 101-80. I want to say game five at the Garden, the series tied 2-2 with the Bullets. They win it 101-80, to and Willis had maybe the best game he ever had. He scored 36 points and pulled down 36 rebounds in that game. Look it up if you don't believe it. 36 points, 36 rebounds. Knicks won that game. They lost game six to the Bullets, came back one game seven at the Garden. I was there at that game, too. Uh, also, uh, then, of course, in the second round, the conference finals, remember they beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Of course, at that point, he was still Lou Alcindor. That was his rookie year uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I have a classic Old Sports Illustrated cover on my wall here of Willis and and uh, Kareem, uh, just a classic picture from 1970. Remember, they played him in the second round of the playoffs in the conference finals, and Knicks wiped them out in five. So let me tell you something. Nobody played Kareem better than Willis did, because Willis could step out, shoot that jump shot. Uh, you know, I remember he, him even blocking Kareem's hook shot once. I mean, that's you know, Willis uh, Willis would fit would really just outmuscle Kareem. Uh, you know, when he played him back then, they beat the Bucks in five, and then of course the championship series. Uh, against the Lakers. And another another great memory of Willis, I don't know if he thinks it was so great, but it's certainly iconic. The night, and this is all before championship time, the night in the old garden, when he got in a fight with Rudy LaRusso of the LA Lakers and wiped out the entire Laker bench. I mean, just wiped them out. He took on the entire bench. He broke LaRusso's jaw that night. I mean, just crazy. I don't, I don't think he got suspended either. This is how basketball was in the 60s. Actually, let him play basketball. Anyway, uh, I'll never forget. It's an iconic night, and uh, you know Clyde. Clyde talks about it. Willis talks about. Uh, we we'll talk about. It. I don't know if he was so proud of it, but wiped out everybody on the bench that night. That's how tough a guy he was. <laughs> and I never forget the legendary, the greatest basketball broadcaster of all time, the longtime voice of the Knicks, Marv Albert, who who said that Willis was the most competitive guy he ever saw until. Michael Jordan, and that's quite a that's quite a compliment to the great captain. So, rest in peace, Captain. You're one of the guys, man. You're well represented down here in the Beningo, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, the Beningo Museum, Sports Museum that I have down in my basement. Willis is well represented. Uh, God bless you, Willis. Uh, you'll be missed. Rest in peace. Uh, nobody, nobody will ever forget him. He will always live on in our memory. Uh, as Nick fans, and, you know, just uh, uh, if you're a, a fan of sports in general, you'll always remember the iconic, the uh, great moment in Game 7, and the captain, the original captain, and all due respect to all the other captains. Like I said, Derek Jeter, Thurman Munson, uh, Mark Messier, you know, all those guys, I know Lou Gehrig was the captain too. I guess we could put him on the level with Willis. The original captain in my lifetime growing up, the original guy that had that, you know, that was the captain was Willis Reed, number 19. The first Nick ever, by the way, to get his number retired up in the rafters at the Garden. Rest in peace, Captain Reed. All right, Joe Beningo, the Yoda Paint Podcast. Uh, let's get into a little bit. We'll get into, before we get to our breaks here, let's get into a little bit. With what's going on with the Jets. Uh, still waiting for Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm scared. I'll be honest with you. I'm scared shitless about this happening. Okay. The longer this goes on, the more I worry about it. And, um, you know, everybody says, no, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, the Jets made a move the other day. that it looked to be something to maybe get this moving along a little better. No surprise that they traded Elijah Moore. And I thought Elijah Moore would, well, first of all, they signed McCole Hardman uh, later of the Kansas City Chiefs who I think is a terrific signing. I mean, Hardman's a very good player. He, had, he missed a half the year last year with an injury, but he's a terrific player. Uh, he's kind of a, a lower-level Tyreek Hill, if you want to say. Uh, you know, uh, played all those years with the Chiefs, was on that Super Bowl, the two Super Bowl team, Well, three, really, they, they went to three, they won two now. But, uh, you know, was one of the key guys in that offense with Patrick Mahomes, and uh, he's going to be uh, – a real good player for the jets got a real fast got a lot of speed uh he could also return punts and kicks uh, he's a better player than braxton barrios who he's going to kind of fill that fill that role in with so i was very happy to see that and when i saw that they signed hardman i said that's it elijah moore's got to get traded now he's going to wind up going to the packers in the in the uh in the rogers deal well that didn't happen. He wound up getting traded to Cleveland. The Jets traded Elijah Moore and their third round pick. Uh, excuse me, was it third round this year? Yeah. Elijah Moore and their third round pick this year for the Browns second round of this year. So to me, that kind of setting up a little more for, you know, putting a little more in the cupboard for the Rodgers trade. The Jets now have two number two picks this year. Uh four, actually back to back, 42 and 43. And then, of course, their number one pick, which is 13 overall. Uh look. My proposal, I've even proposed this to the coach. I sent him a text and I said, Coach, this is the deal Joel Douglas should do. Let's get this over with. This is what we should do here. Here it is, okay? You trade one of these number twos this year and you trade next year's number one because it's going to be a low number one anyway. Look, if Aaron Rodgers is here, let's be honest. If Aaron Rodgers is our is our quarterback next year and he stays healthy with all the weapons and added that he has uh, surrounded him, and we'll see what they do to get the offensive line better. You know, I got to believe that one of these picks they're going to take in the in the first couple rounds is going to be a center because they need a center, and there's no doubt about it. So, I mean, you know, whoever the best center they can get at that point in time, maybe with one of those number twos or however it's going to play out. But that, that first-round pick to me next year is going to be a low-round pick. As a matter of fact, I was kidding around with the coach. I said, yeah, yeah, coach is going to be number 32 which means the Jets would win the Super Bowl if uh, they're picking dead last in the first round. But, you know, maybe not that. But, look, it's probably going to be a low-round pick. Uh, that's the deal I would make. I think that's a fair trade. One of the number twos this year and a number and next year's number one for Rodgers. Can we get it done already? What the hell are the Packers – explain to me what Green Bay is doing – that, why we're still waiting? I, I know the general manager meetings are coming up in a couple of days. I think maybe is it this weekend, next, whatever it is, it's coming up soon. And I guess uh, Douglas and this guy Gunsquist, or whatever his name is—that's the uh, running the show there for the Packers. Because remember, the Packers don't have an owner. The Packers are owned by the people, right? I mean, you can buy sh- anybody can buy shares in in Green Bay and be like a, a part owner. I don't know how much it is for a share. It can't be too much. So basically, everybody. <laughs> You know, pretty much everybody that lives in Green Bay, Wisconsin has a piece of the Packers, <laughs> you know, pretty much that's the way it is. So they don't really have an owner. So it's not like Woody could sit down with the owner of the Packers and say, you know, let's go. Uh, so I, I, I guess they'll meet Douglas and this guy, whatever's like I said, Gunquist, whatever his name is. I know Mark Murphy's really the GM, but I think the other guy's running the show and get this done. I mean, what the hell are we wait, waiting for? When is this going to happen? I mean, really. And every, oh, don't worry, you know, I talk to all my buddies and I hate, to, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's the same thing over and over again. Oh, don't worry, it's going to happen. Oh, don't worry, it's going to happen. Oh, don't worry, it's going to happen. Well, when? When? I talked to the coach. Oh, don't worry, he's coming. Be patient. Be pa- how, how effing long can you be patient? I've been patient for 54 years without winning, all right? How much more patience can I show? I don't know how much patience I've had, but I'm not happy about it. Can they get this damn thing done? I mean, God, this should have been done weeks ago. When they went out to California, right, the day after Derek Carr signed with their Saints, and they went out to California, to, they had permission filing from the Packers to go talk to Rodgers. They went out to California. They should have, It should have been done. It should have been signed, sealed, and delivered at that point in time. I, I'm delirious. I, I, please, can they get this done? I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I like the move they made with Hardman. I thought it was a good move. I had no problem getting rid of Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore wanted to go anyway. Remember, he demanded a trade during the season, and he hardly got the football at all last year. So, you know, I had no problem. Like I said, I felt he was going to be on his way out anyway. Uh, Hardman's a better player. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Good move, too, by the Jets. They signed Ty Johnson uh, to a one-year deal. They brought him back. He's a good player, you know. And I texted the coach this, too. Coach, this this guy don't play enough. You guys hardly played him last year. You buried him. I mean, he—he's every any time that he's on the field, Ty Johnson is a solid contributor to the Jets as a, from the running back position. And you know what? To me, he's as good as Michael Carter, probably better than Michael Carter. And he—he he needs to play more than he played last year, no doubt about it. And uh, the coach said, "Don't worry, there'll be a role for him." Well, we'll see. It should be a lot more of a role than uh, what it was last year, but. So I, I'm happy, you know, maybe Michael Carter's going to be gone. Maybe Michael Carter is going to wind up being part of the uh, uh, the Packers, the Packer deal, the Rodgers deal. I don't know, because there's a lot of rumors now that Zeke Elliott, how about this? Zeke Elliott, the longtime cowboy, wants to play for the Jets. I think he's narrowed it down to a couple teams, the Jets, the Eagles, and there's one other team now. I'm trying to think who the other team was. I can't remember who the other team was, but he's narrowed it down to like like three teams that he wants to play for, hey, bring him in. You know, he's not the guy he used to be. You know, Tony Pollard now is the lead back in Dallas, and they even put the franchise tag on him. Uh, hey, let's go. I, I, I'm i in with Elliott. He, he's great on, third, on short yardage carries. On third and one, he's the guy to give the football to even on fourth and one. Uh, you know, he can still run. He still had a pretty decent year. He scored like 12 touchdowns last year in a backup role. For Dallas so you get him give him the ball around the goal line I bring him in I like it I like it because we don't know about Brees Hall let's be honest I mean I love Brees and boy was you know uh, how often really I mean let's be honest when he after he got hurt we were five and two when he got hurt after he got hurt we only won two games last year so that's how big he was I mean this guy was breaking 70 yard touchdown runs when we see and that stuff happened right so, but I don't know what he's going to be coming back from that injury. I, I always say this. I even said it to Sally yesterday. You know, this guy, Saquon Barkley, had the same injury with the Giants, and it really took him a year and a half, almost two years, to get back to the form where he was, you know, back to being that guy again that he was last year for the Giants. So uh, we'll see about Brees. Hopefully he's 100% this year. But that wouldn't be bad. You Give me, Brees, you give me a uh, running back room of Brees Hall, Bam Knight, Ty Johnson and Zeke Elliott. And I'm good to go. Let's go. I'm in with that. You know, like I said, you could that that you can get rid of Michael Carter, who really had a down year last year. You can get rid of him. And, and I'm good with that. You know, and they'll have a lot of skill guys. You know, now you got a guy like McCall Hardman. You got Alan Lazard. Uh, you got Garrett Wilson. You got the uh, you still got Corey Davis there. I don't know if he's going to still be here. I don't know what's going to happen with him. They still got another year on his deal. And he's a good player, but he gets hurt all the time. The problem with Corey Davis, is he's always freaking hurt. That's his problem. But, I'm, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Denzel Mims is still there. You know, who knows what the deal is going to be with him. But, um, you know, you got the tight ends with Uzama and Conklin. Both restructured their contracts this year. And you got a lot of guys. They really do. Maybe they're going to sign Randall Cobb, too. I don't know. If, if Rodgers ever gets here, maybe they will. But um, so just get that quarterback situation. If you get that guy – with the guys the Jets have, you, you, you look what they have on the defensive side of the football. If they can just get this straight now, I don't know what they're going to do with Quentin Williams. They're going to franchise him. I don't know what the what the deal's going to be with him. He's still got another year on his deal. Whatever. Give him a new contract. They got to get that done. But with what they have on defense, you bring Aaron Rodgers here with the weapons that now surround them. This team's got to, in my mind, wins the division. And if Aaron Rodgers comes here next year, nothing short of a division title is good enough for me. Remember, this team has only won two. Think about this, how how unbelievable this is, that the New York Jets have won only two division titles since the 1970 merger. Two. 1998, 2002. 98 under Parcells or two under Herman Edwards. That's it. That's it. So it is long overdue that we get another one. And, uh, you know, got to get Aaron Rodgers here, though. That has to, has to happen. All right. Beningo, the, and hopefully it'll happen soon, you know, before, uh, you know, the end of my life. All right. <laughs> Beningo, the Oda Payne podcast, Friday, March 24th. It's my daughter Aaron's birthday, the boss. We call her the boss. You know, do you think Springsteen's the boss? <laughs> you think Steinbrenner was the boss? Nah. <laughs> no, the boss is Aaron. okay? And I won't tell you how old she is. She's still extremely young next to me, of course. But she probably thinks she's an old lady at this point. But, you know, we know better than that. But nevertheless, so she's in Mexico. It's her last day enjoying her little vacation in Mexico with her brother. So, uh, so far, we she's been able to avoid the cartels, thank God. And uh, but anyway, happy birthday to Aaron. So, so there you go. Anyway. All right. The boss. Remember, it's not Steinbrenner. It's not Springsteen. Now, let's get the, uh, let's get the, uh, what do you call in here now? Oh, our sponsors. The Hackensack Brewing Company. My good buddy Mike Jones, TJ, everybody, as I say, the whole Schmucker there, Andre, Herb, everybody. It looks like April 7th, what is that? Two weeks from today will be our next live podcast at the Brewing Um Brewing Company. So you want to check it out? It is Good Friday and it will be a good Friday. Uh without baseball going at that point in time. It's Master's weekend. So I'm very uh very pumped up for that. Uh, I, I like Scotty Scheffler to win it back-to-back years. We'll see. Keep an eye on Will Zalatoris as well. Anyway, you know one thing too. Before I get to, we'll, and we'll, I'll, I'll get to my thought on the Masters in a second. But let's let's get the sponsors in here. You know the deal on a brewing company. Ten minutes off the GW Bridge. Thirty seconds off Route Four. And who needs a, Who needs a house out in Hackensack, New Jersey? The tap rooms open four thirty to ten Monday through Friday, two to ten Saturday, twelve to eight Sunday. There's always twelve beers on tap. Remember when you go there. Make sure you check out my Older Payne beer. And, you know, the Older Payne beer has the jet colors right now uh, as far as the outside packaging. But TJ has now made one for the baseball season. So the, the summer Older Payne beer is going to be in net colors in the orange and blue. So that's coming as well. But check us out, uh, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Tell them Benigno sent you two weeks from tonight, April 7th the next live podcast, make sure, uh, you check it out. I need a discount tire. Of course, my son, Johnny, he's in Mexico as well. Uh, with, uh, with Aaron, um, he's there with her and, uh, but you want to get tires, you want to get work done on your car, check out a discount tires. See their boss, Ari, uh, Rivervale, New Jersey, of course, in Westwood Avenue in Rivervale, New, New Jersey, go check them out over there. Tell them I sent you, uh, They do a tremendous job. Anything you need done on your car, any tires that you need. See Johnny. He'll be back next week. See Johnny and Ari for all your automotive needs. And, of course, our good buddies at DraftKings, again, they signed us up for another year next year uh, for the football season again. We're going to have them for the third straight year. They've been a great sponsor for us. Uh, Any betting, boy, it's it's a great time to bet. You got all the college basketball, the Sweet 16 going on. Again, tonight, that big princeton Creighton game going on tonight. You want to make sure uh, you check that out. See if Princeton, who's in the Final Four for the first time since 1960, not the Final Four, the Sweet 16, for the first time since 1967, trying to get to the Final Four. Uh, last time they were there was 1965 when Bill Bradley was uh, was playing for Princeton. But you want to bet on the college basketball, the women's, the women's Sweet 16 gets back in action again. Later on this afternoon, I know there's a game this afternoon, Um, UConn and South Carolina both play their games tomorrow. South Carolina in Sweet 16 plays UCLA. UConn plays Ohio State, Uh, you know, two of the uh, top teams that I've been following. So uh, women get back in action again tonight. So if you want to bet on that, you want to bet on the men, you want to bet on the golf, the match play going on right now, not my favorite tournament in golf. You also got the Punta Canta going on. I got Doug Gim. He was actually was in – was in contention, maybe. tay you know what you do. Check out, see where Dunk Gim is as we go into the third round there in Puta Conta. Uh That's my uh, my little thing. I'm in my pool. If you want to say I'm in with my buddy Tommy Keenan uh, for golf. Nevertheless, so uh, but you can bet on that. You can bet whenever you want. Baseball coming up, as I mentioned. So uh, DraftKings is the way to go, and we thank them for signing up for another a third year with the uh, three, under, right? three under. How far back? He's three. The leader right now is six under. is six The leader. Who's the leader there at Punta Cana? Ben Martin. Ben Martin is the leader, and he's uh, three shots ahead of uh, of 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 Gim yeah. after two rounds. They're going into the third round today. That's two rounds in the books already, huh? Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. He's lost at okay, so he's right in the mix today. So maybe I still got a shot with Doug Gim. I took a flyer on him. What the hell? Anyway, we'll see. Doug, good luck the rest of the way there at Punta Cana. But um, you know what are you gonna do? It is what it is. There is uh, there's no doubt about that. So anyway, so the NCAA tournament uh, continuing to uh, to move on right now. How about that kid Marquette uh, Marquise? Is it Marquise Noel? Oh my God! Last night, Kansas State in a classic at the in the Eastern Regional at Madison Square Garden uh, against uh, Michigan State. Uh, they won it the, over Kansas State, won it all the time against Michigan State. This kid, Noel, had one of the great games you will ever see in the NCAA tournament. 20 points, 19 assists. It's an all-time tournament record for assists in a game. This kid actually went off the court, got hurt. They were basically carrying him off. He came back, played on one leg, and was unbelievable. You know, not many guys can win a game with their passing, you know, This kid did it last night. Like I said, 19 is he looked like Magic Johnson. He's only 5'8". He's not Magic Johnson size, you know, which makes him even more incredible. He kind of a lot more Allen Iverson than he is Magic Johnson. But, you know, he was distributing the basketball, made some tremendous passes and led the way and ended the game. He wound up with 20 points, 19 uh, assists and five steals and ended the game when in the closing seconds of the overtime, Michigan State had the basketball with a chance to, to at least tie it with a three-pointer. And Noel made the steal and then went uh coast to coast all the way down for the layup at the buzzer. It really didn't matter because they were the game was over anyway. We were up three, and that finished it off, and they won 98-93. Check out this kid, Marquise Noel. And they will now play, you know, very quietly. Nobody's talking about everybody talks about Princeton as being the Cinderella in the NCAA tournament, right? How about Florida Atlantic? How about them? Oh my God! Florida Atlantic last night beats Tennessee, and they will now play Kansas State uh, in the uh, finals of the Eastern Regional. Regional final coming up at the Garden uh, tomorrow. Florida Atlantic, how about that? They knock off Tennessee last night, and as I said, now uh, will play the uh, will play the uh, Kansas State Wildcats in the regional final, and that Kansas State team to me, is a very, very dangerous team. The other games last night, UConn blew out Arkansas. Boy, UConn looks really good. Sunogo leading the way for them against last uh, last night. The kid Jordan Hawkins shooting threes. Danny Hurley's got that team really ready to roll. I mean, they look like they're on their way uh, to, you know, maybe winning a championship, certainly getting to the Final Four, but they don't have an easy game coming up. How about this for a big-time regional final game tomorrow in the West? Uh, is it the West regional? Whatever regional it is, it doesn't matter, but how big is this game? It's in Las Vegas. Gonzaga who uh, survived last night, beat UCLA by three, big three to win the game at the end. Gonzaga against, uh, Yukon. And that's a hell of a matchup tomorrow night. So, uh, we'll see how that plays out tonight in the tournament. You got four games. You got Alabama, San Diego state to kick it off. Uh, you got Houston playing Miami. Those are the two number one seeds left. Houston, And Alabama, you got that Creighton-Princeton game uh, as well, uh, which will be coming up. It's one of the later games, Creighton and Princeton. And then Xavier and Texas. So you still got three Big East teams uh, ready to go, uh, left to go in the uh, tournament uh, coming up tonight. So everybody have a great, great weekend. Uh, I was just quickly going to say, the Masters coming up, how wild is it going to be when the live players – are going to be going back with the PGA guys. Boy, that's going to make for a lot of fireworks at the Masters. That's going to be real interesting. But nevertheless, everybody have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you, of course, on Monday. Enjoy all the sports this weekend, and to everybody, all the love.